Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We provide fan-oriented and analytic discussions on a variety of animated shows, movies, and anime, currently featuring Steven Universe, Gravity Falls, Star Wars Rebels, Moonbeam City, Ruby, and Adventure Time. I am Dylan Heisen, and today I will be walking you solo through the latest episode of Star Wars Rebels, uh, Blood Sisters. Uh, the We're pretty far into Season 2 of Star Wars Rebels now, and we're moving along with a new episode uh, every week on Disney XT with, with a lot more to come, because I think the season is double the length of the previous one. And we're cover- I'm, I'm covering uh, Star Wars Rebels every single week here on the Overly Animated Podcast. You can find out more about us at OverlyAnimated.com. And uh, yeah, let's let me get right into Blood Sisters. Um, spoilers, of course, for this episode in Star Wars Rebels throughout. Uh, I I really enjoyed this episode. Um, first, first things first. Before last week, the two things I most wanted were Hera development and Sabine development. And we got them both in the last two weeks, and it makes me very happy. Um, these are two characters who we really had almost nothing on, and it was unfortunate. Uh, these are two of the most intriguing characters to me. Um, personally, I guess in general, I like fe- I'm more interested in female characters in these types of shows. Um, in addition, these are two of the... I mean, every character on the show is kind of tropey. But I'm gonna, if I say tropey in this in this podcast, what I mean is, uh, is like a stereotypical character who um, who doesn't who like uh, who falls under typical storytelling themes that we see in other shows. And this show that describes a lot of a lot of this show, and uh, it's like that's not a bad thing because you can repeat the same types of storytelling things and it's fine. But, you know, our main character Ezra has a lot of commonalities between him and previous character we've seen. And um, you know, Hera and Sabine they're interesting in part because they are females in typical male character tropes. Uh Hera is the ship pilot. Um I see tons of parallels between the show and Firefly, and in Firefly, this character was was male, the captain of the ship. Um, and excuse me for not knowing my Firefly knowledge off the top of my head. I know I, I should repent for that. And um, for specific character names, and whilst the Sabine character in Firefly is also female, that was that was a subversion uh, within that show as well. So these 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 characters have some interesting things going for them. Um, you know, in addition, they kind of have an alert to them within the show because we don't know anything about them. Um, the like Ezra is kind of a known quantity at this point. So is uh, so is Kanan, and um, you know, so is uh, Zeb. But our two female leads are don't have a lot of um, uh, background knowledge. So I'm glad that we got a little bit of Hera last week. We learn about her origins. We learn about uh, some defining traits about her. You know, she's moral. She likes flying. So it's not based... I, I was very high on last week's episode, and I saw some reviews that were like, this is like the minimal amount of, you know, backstory we can give to 
to Hera and it's not very interesting in its own right. And I feel that. And I did say that basically, but I was just so happy to get a character that I liked having the spotlight and having stuff about them. And that was my favorite episode of the season. I think this episode's better. I think this is more interesting than our Hera episode last week. I think we get more out of Sabine. Sabine. And I think it's a very good idea to bring in this old friend trope for Sabine. Uh, Ketsu, I believe is her name, but I'm not 100% Ketsu Onyo. And, um, I think that she's an interesting character. Obviously, she's very stereotypical in her own right, but I think she brings a lot of depth to Sabine, and we learn a lot about Sabine. And even though our story for Sabine is the exact same story that we've heard five times already for every single other member of the ghost, which is, I chose to go in this to join a cause, I wanted to be a moral person, I wanted to help out against the Empire, you know that's like i guess they're shoehorned into this type of development for you know for all their characters because that's just the one drive of what's going on um but i think that we should give the show the ability to function beyond the surface motivations for their characters what i mean by that is it would be somewhat reasonable to just say okay this is not a good show because all these characters have the same motivations, all of them are tropey characters and all of them um, just their entire subversion of the typical the typical uh, person in this role is that they care about doing good things. Um, and that is true. That describes everyone. And it's I would like more emotional depth than this. What really is truly separating the show from being... Uh, kind of a very good show on television i think it's a good show on television but i don't think it's like a very good show is that uh we're lacking any sort of emotional depth really for any characters and any to a storytelling device and that sounds harsh um but you know like compared to a show like steven universe another animated show i feel 10 times more for every single character on that show than i do for any character on this show um and that's a result of the storytelling that they have done on the show. And of course, we're still early on. It still has time. I'm going to wait for the show to turn the corner on that front. But th- we're going in the right direction here. We're actually starting to make our main crew people. And we've already accomplished that with Ezra and Kanan and Zeb. Zeb, Zeb very early on. And now we've fi- done it for the rest of our crew. And Chopper also, actually, um, has kind of incidentally grown a lot through our other character arcs recently in, in season two. So I actually think I've done a good job with Chopper. That's pretty weird. But um, Chopper, it's it's hard to convince me that this uh, this mischievous droid is, um, is like a loyal member of the Ghost crew. In this episode especially... Um, you can you can totally understand why Chopper, assuming that Star Wars droids work in a way in which he is has conscious thought, uh, would um, would choose to stay with the Ghost and Ghost crew and care about them a lot. Uh, you know, Sabine goes out of her way to save Chopper in this episode, and this has happened before. So I like what they've done with Chopper, but um, before basically before you can i don't know what the expression is before you run you have to walk or whatever you like in order to get to a higher level emotional storytelling depth we need to first get to the base level okay these are characters um star wars rebels because of what type of show it is had to jump right in and start doing some action storytelling within the mythology that it wanted to set up before it properly established its characters, and that was a negative. Um, actually, in season one, it didn't hurt it a lot. Uh, that's kind of interesting because in season one, they're able to tell, they're able to kind of focus in on Ezra becoming a Jedi and that uh, that 
specific character focus and have uh, achieved some really nice uh, episodes. And I think there's a solid half of season one, which I thought was really good. And it made for an impressive first season of a show. But now the lag has begun and we are starting to... uh, the, the problems of not establishing base levels for your characters has caught up with the show, and that has made the beginning of season two a lower level of quality. Um, and now we need to, we need to, because uh, you've sacrificed the beginning of season two for season one, is what I'm saying. I don't know if, I mean, maybe this is true, maybe it's not true. This is just how I see it. And uh, now we need to start to catch up. Uh, and season we sacrificed five episodes in the beginning of the season. It's not like they were terrible; they were fine, but they weren't great. And now we need to establish these two characters so we can move on, and we have uh, so success on that part. Uh, looks like next week we're jumping right into a huge action episode. These type of episodes are going to be more successful if I actually care about Sabine and Hera, which I might do now. So let's talk specifics of um, Blood Sisters, this very Sabine-focused episode. Sabine has always been a character who... There's one kind of little moment she had in Season 1 where um, they're transporting the government official, uh, excuse me for forgetting specifics, across, and uh, she pretends to be a member of the Academy, and it turns out she actually was a member of the Imperial Academy, and we learn that about here. Here we learn a lot more, not a lot more, <laughs> we learn a little bit more, um, but really we we learn that she didn't just go, before it seemed like, okay, point A, she's in the Imperial Academy, point B, she gets fed up with the Empire and she joins the Rebellion. But it turns out that's not true, and I think adding a point between A and B makes for a really interesting um, character backstory. I mean, again, it's not like this is uh, the same thing with Hera. It's not like we're blowing anything away here. We sh- This is basic stuff, but... Uh, I do think this is slightly more complex than we achieved with Hera last week. Um, I will say that. Uh, I The Hera stuff was very basic last week, and I enjoyed it. And I think this stuff is still basic, but better. Um, and I also enjoyed it. Like, I, I did like last... I gave last episode a very positive review. And I think this one's even better. So I think this is the best episode of the season so far. And um, I think that it was a, just a very solidly written episode... And uh, I'm I'm very happy with what they've done with um, with Sabine. So let's let's go over some details. Um, so yeah, this point in between A and B is uh, she she became a bounty hunter, right? She uh, she left the Imperial Academy. She goes along with Ka- Ketsu, and um, she uh, she's as as we learn through this through the through this dialogue that uh she was like Ketsu in that she only cared about um doing things for money she didn't care about um you know the good things in the world uh I can't believe I wanted that one she says about uh the black what's this what's this group's name I'll, I'll find it at some point they are slayers slavers and assassins that don't care about anything except a quota they'd kill you too she says um and uh it's she wanted that once but now she then she learned about um she started caring about the rebellion cause. Um, again, it's a similar thing that's happened to Ezra. Actually, uh, you know, if you're if you're gonna go down the road of shipping uh, Ezra and Sabine together, 
then I think this episode is very good for, for you because we learned that they kind of started in similar places. I mean, Sabine probably was quietly watching while Ezra went through a similar transformation that she did when from kind of she went from bounty hunter to uh to rebel with a cause okay that's interesting that i use that phrasing and um ezra went from kind of um only looking out for himself as we get again get stated in this episode to to caring about uh uh, others through his contact with the crew of the ghost um so you know i think they have very similar characters very similar personal histories uh and i wonder why sabine wasn't closer with ezra um while he was going through that transformation because you think she'd feel for him and know what was going on um in the beginning of this episode, we have Ezra saying that uh, we don't. I don't really know much about you. You just like being alone, and you often say, "I want to be alone," and uh, yeah, stuff like that. Um, and uh, it's it's uh, it's interesting because we don't necessarily explore why that is. Like she's a loner, um, but why? is she a loner? Is this just supposed to be something inherent about her character? Or is this something we're supposed to learn? Like maybe she was scarred from her experience as a bounty hunter and is, you know, slow to trust people. Um, maybe she, uh, emotionally has, um, recurring anxieties from, you know, her time with that, something like that that we don't this episode doesn't get into anything like that so there's still a lot more to tell with sabine you know it doesn't seem like we're going to change her being her not talking that much or being a loner so like what's the next step with her that's that's kind of what i'm going to be looking for from her in the future but yeah let's let's uh let me read through my show notes some of the other specifics on here so i can get into uh to uh, some more specifics the mission kind of wasn't super important they're going to havoc outpost they're bringing this uh destroyed thing and it turns out it's for uh senator um organa who was maybe jimmy santos no i don't think that's jimmy santos i'm not sure okay i'm not gonna try to speculate on that that's not important here the important thing is the sabine arc right and um someone can correct me on that one if you want to but uh we're they go to the thing we have typical fights with our stormtroopers incompetent stormtroopers of the week I'm beyond fed up that the stormtroopers are incompetent, but I, that's a reality. Um, saw your mark, old friend, she says to Ketsu. Uh, she's a bounty hunter. You were a bounty hunter? She's here for the droid. Uh, they broke out of the Imperium Academy together. She left her for dead. Um, and later, uh, Sabine says that she forgives her. Um, uh, Ketsu works for the Black Sun now. There you go. Um and now there are, they have the entire... Th I like this sequence, and then I like even more their interactions on the ship. Um, Next time I steal a ship, it'll be one with guns, says Sabine. Ketsu has no new loyalties now. Um, She works for the Black Sun just like they always dreamed, she says. But uh, uh, they the best weapons, the best ship feared, and then we have the slavers line that I talked about. Um... It's, uh, it's, Ketsu says she was always soft about Sabine, which is interesting. Um, you haven't changed at all. And then she reveals her, shakes off her thing. I don't, I was, I was wondering whether we'd get a face on Ketsu because that'd be kind of interesting if we never did, but it turns out she has a really interesting design. Um, purple eyes, this little hair strip at the top. I don't know what that's called. And, um, a tattoo on the back of her head, presumably the black sun mark. I'm not sure. Maybe that's just her own personal thing. Um, 
grow up little sister, she says. So there's at one point I was unclear whether they're actually sisters or not, because they kind of look alike. And I think I arrived that they're not, but it's possible they were. I think this episode made it ambiguous with this grow up little sister once we were like sisters, but we only cared for ourselves. Um, so I think where I arrived was that they're not sisters, but you know, maybe it turns out they are. Um, I, I don't think that, I think that, uh, once we are like sisters makes it clear that they're not, you know, uh, anyway, I don't think it matters particularly, although it's, it would be in, more interesting if they had, it would be a different dynamic if they had a familial dynamic, um, kind of a big moment here for Sabine. She says, I forgive you for leaving me for dead, but I still trust you, uh, I I met people who gave me a second chance in life, and that's what I'm giving you. Um, and then kind of they're thrown together by circumstance when they try to get boarded by the Imperial ship. Um, we have this awesome thing that Samin does with the self-destructing the one ship going to the other ship. She knows the Imperials are going to tractor beam in the other one, which I think makes a lot of sense, actually. A lot of times the plans on this show, it's a little hard to follow, but this one I think comes together really well. Um, you always like to make things go boom, says Katsu. Now you get sentimental, says Sabine. And cool. So, yeah, they get away. Uh, last I saw those two, they were going to shoot each other, says Ezra to, um, Hera. Um, Sabine told me all about you. Uh, uh, Katsu said to Ezra. That moment, hmm, we have to throw in the male-centric uh, romantic uh, tension. I mean, what's great about this episode is most of the time it's two females exploring their dynamic regardless of whether Ezra was there or not. And for most of the episode, Ezra isn't there. It's just the robots there. Um, but at the end, we have to have the one scene where it's like, oh, the females were talking about the male who might be a love interest for the our female character. And I didn't like that. Um typical but at the same time the episode kind of approached it as just typical dumb teenager boy Ezra which is fine I think that we basically like I didn't like the concept of the scene but the way they executed it was just dumb boy Ezra you know so that's fine um Sabine uh yeah yeah yeah. uh you could have left me on that shuttle so yeah I mean another big moment was uh that Ketsu saved Sabine, um, which I think was explicit, and I think they and they reference later nicely without you know saying you know that you know, without going big red blinkers that that scene that scene. Um, it's nice having people back you up. Let us know if you'd like to make a difference. I'll think about it. Uh, Ezra says, "Think that's the last we've seen of her," and then Sabine says, "No," and I'm glad. Um, so that's really nice. Uh, I I like you know just. We get this sense of um, softness from Sabine, as uh, Ketsu would put it. Uh, she forgives her. Um, she saves Chopper, you know, stuff like that. And I think that works well with her character. That's just a, I also bet on the other hand, that's just like a component of the caring about others thing, which that might, it might even just be that caring about others aspect. So it might not be that much depth. Um, and I do like that we bring up the prospect of seeing her again. I think Ketsu was an interesting character, an interesting character design. It should be noted these were. This episode um, was an episode of Star Wars, a traditional, you know, episode of Star Wars, but episode of the Star Wars franchise, a traditionally super male white um, franchise. And this episode was a episode that focused on two um, two female um, women of color, seemingly, although that's all not clear in the Star Wars universe, you know, um, and that was super awesome to see. I, I, I loved that. 
a lot tons of tons of diversity here and not only was this a super diverse episode it was also just the best episode of the season you know i loved their interactions and not only did it focus on these uh two women of color it focused on their relationship their past like dynamics um super refreshing although uh, the show is um fairly diverse in its own right so that's that's good um not in necessarily in terms of um you know non uh in terms of uh, and approaching any lgbtq plus things uh racial things on star wars are hard to determine uh it shows somewhat balanced gender wise although it's more male centric but we've been you know like our two female characters were the ones that weren't developed but now we're starting to balance it out so that's good so yeah overall i really liked um blood sisters blood sisters hmm yeah what is that title does that mean that they were actually sisters uh yeah i'm not sure if that was supposed to be clear and i was just i don't think it was supposed to be clear but maybe i'm missing something obvious anyway um very happy with with this episode i think that this show is um trying to get back to a decent place not that it was ever the show is never bad I've kept saying this, the show's never bad, but I'm looking for that point when the show's going to turn the corner and achieve higher level emotional depth in its storytelling. That's really the big thing. Um, I think the show is capable of it. I think that all of the Star Wars mythology is, quite frankly, a distraction from achieving this higher level emotional depth. If you're too focused on things outside of your main cast, then your main cast isn't going to develop. So... Um, so, you know, it's never, it's not like they're never going to focus. And the reason that all of us watch the show is the Star Wars mythology, but at the same time, now that we are watching the show, we care about this main cast of of characters. So they're the ones that we should want focused upon. And it's not like the outside mythology is ever going to go away, but it's, it's a tough thing to learn to, to balance, uh, your, your main cast and achieving your outward story goals within the outward mythology. It's tough. The show does a decent job of it. You know, other shows have no restrictions and they can take off. This show can't. It's anchored a little bit. Um, we'll see if it. We'll see if it can break free. Next week, um, we got. I saw the preview. It looked like a pretty high action episode uh, with Ezra saying, uh, "I get captured a lot." I think he said to Sato. Um, I've been captured many times. Yeah. So and it looked it looked very exciting and such. So uh, I will be back next week. Uh, next next week's episode. I usually get these out right away up after the episode. Next week's might be a little bit later. We'll see. Um, Stealth strike, November twenty fifth. So we're not taking off for Thanksgiving on the show. So that's good. Yeah, looks like the show will be airing regularly until midway through December. I assume there will be some sort of Christmas break, and then we'll be back in January because the show is double the length of last season. So uh, overlyanimated.com is where you can find out everything about this podcast. Um, I'm Dylan Heisen, as I said in the beginning, and you can see some uh, articles and other podcasts we do at OverlyAnimated.com. You can support us at Patreon.com slash OverlyAnimated. Thanks to our current patrons, Shayna, Mitch Cordell, Beatriz, Nate, Andy, and Jamie, a.k.a. Hannah, Fever, Mitch, Cordell University, Beatrix, Streams, Buzz Lightyear, and Mailman. So yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Um, let me know what you thought. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment and I'll check that out. If you're on the website, you can leave a comment there. If you're on Tumblr, you can send me a message, Dylan OVA on Tumblr. Just a reblog on Tumblr, subscribe on YouTube, etc., 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 all of that stuff. So yeah, thanks for listening, guys. See you next time. Bye.